Mackhams around the world. Welcome along to the Mackham Football Show. I'm Anth the Mackham. Today I'm joined with RWA, Brad from RWA and the Mackham Cabby. Welcome along, boys. How are we feeling? Oh, yeah, nice and relaxed. Very nice, thank you. Good. Good evening, I'm feeling very cold. Feeling very happy. Very happy. Very happy. I might dampen your mood a little bit, mate, because we, uh, we do have to catch up on the Cardiff game a little bit, so we'll try and skip over that because I think my overall theme is we played good, but we didn't get the result. That's, that's essentially my one-sentence synopsis on that one. But then we are going to proper deep dive into that Sheffield Wednesday win on Friday evening. So that's why this podcast is a little bit later than the normal Friday Friday show. We played a game on it, and obviously the watch-alongs take priority over the podcast. So, um, yeah, the lads did us proud on Friday evening. But, yes, thoughts about, thoughts about the Cardiff game. What there's there's two questions. What was really good about it, and what was obviously the bad? What was bad about it for you? Uh, we'll go with Brad first, and then we'll move on to Gabby. Um, last Sunday was a trying to think. Um, God was where last Sunday. Um, yeah, we nearly we've slept slept for nearly a week now. Yeah. <laughs> um, wasn't didn't Carter score like the eighty seventh minute? Something like that, if I remember rightly. Yep. So uh, yeah. So before that point, they had no shots on target. By the end of the game, they had three or four. Um. Th- yeah, it was four, and three of them were in the ninety first, ninety third, ninety fifth minute. So they scored the goal, and their tails were up, and they were on the attack after that, which was very strange. But yeah. Well, if I remember rightly, I think we dominated quite quite the, the majority of the game. To be honest, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, Cardiff, Cardiff like had a shot on target well actually went in the back of the net which um their manager was very very surprised for because apparently he turned around and went um something like uh, Sunderland's one of the bestest football clubs in the championship or something like that I think he turned around and said after the game. Um I, I really hope he did it in like a Monsters Inc style voice. He's your best dish <laughs> this team in <laughs> Yeah but Yeah overall um I think we should have deserved to win that game, to be honest. Um, we should have put our chances away, but we didn't. Mm. Oh. Yeah. It's, it, <sighs> is it just one of, the, it's one of those, right, for you? Yeah, it's one of those for me. It's one of those yeah. fuck-up games, kind of. Cappy, what, what are you saying, buddy? About the Cardiff game. About the Cardiff game. Like, I want to get this out of out, out the way with <laughs> as quickly as possible on the pod, because, uh, yeah. Look, I, I just think it was one of them games where every single team in the Football League goes through from time to time, where you just completely dominate. But for some strange reason, the Gremlins that will be will just not let the ball cross the line. It will just, it's just one of those things. I think Sonnen played well for the for the whole 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought, like I said, tried to walk the ball in the net and it wasn't working. Jack Clark was being a bit too ball greedy. Um, they just switched off the last few minutes, and um, they got the goal from it. Like, but I'm certainly not worried from it. I wasn't really that concerned afterwards because of the fact, like, the way we played. Um, like I say, every team goes goes through that, and that'll probably happen again to us. And we'll probably play oppositions. I mean, look at that time when we played Man City with where um, 
Jadon Wong. It was like 94 minutes. Man City completely just dominated us. Um, we went to the end and scored. It happens. It's uh, over a decade ago now, that. It's, it's, I remember, it's, like, it was yesterday. So do I, because I was uh, in Birmingham City Centre with my family because they came down from the North East. So we went to like... Well, it was pretty much... It was a Birmingham bar, but it was full of full of Manchester fans, so it was kind of kind of a strange atmosphere. So I remember it because it was New Year's Day as well, wasn't it? It was like the day of New Year's Day. The, I've still got the gravy stains on the ceiling when I took me Sunday dinner <laughs> in the air. From, <laughs> I was at home and I went absolutely ballistic. Yeah. But it happens, doesn't it? It just, it just, I know it's 10 years ago, but just, just giving an example, it's like sometimes the, you just don't get the rub of the green. Yeah, it, it is fortune sometimes just doesn't go our way. Uh, Yorkshire said in the chat, we were the better team in the Cardiff game and it was just frustrating the way we conceded. For for me, it was kind of like, it was completely out of the blue. Um, Cardiff, I, like, I didn't think they were going to even shoot in the entire 90, which obviously very strange when... I don't, I don't know. It was just it was just one of those games where like we if we buried a chance early doors like we have in most games, it was ours and we were gonna walk walk it. But yeah, like you said, it's sometimes it's just not in the cards. Uploads, welcome along. Uh we have we have a a habit of the games that we're losing playing really well though this season. Uh, we've got uh, the first two games where we lost by uh, 2-1, 2-1, and then this one, just the 1-0. So we're not like, when we're losing, we're not looking like a poor side. Yeah, not by any any stretch of the imagination. It does seem like the three games that we've lost so far, it is just that bit of bit of fortune and bit of unluckiness to me. Like I said, with the Preston and um, Ipswich games a couple of weeks back now, like it was just those deflections, those switching off in key moments. And uh, this Cardiff game, again, is one of those ones where I think we switched off at the one opportunity, like giving away that corner, not ideal, but they happen, and that's how we defend from that. The way Patterson went for his save, there was murmurs um, afterwards online around um, his back being potentially injured or something like that. I think uh, you brought that up on one of your podcasts, Brad, as well. Um so I thought maybe, yeah, I thought maybe that would lead to Bishop potentially getting a starting, starting position, but um, must have been a slight knock or a slight, slight like muscle twinge on the day because obviously he performed really well on the on the weekend against Sheffield Wednesday. So, oh, uh, upload says sorry, got to go to my granddad's ninetieth birthday party. Happy birthday to upload's granddad. That's cool. 90, 90 is no mean feat, mate. Enjoy the party. Uh, yeah, so we we went into the uh, the game, the the second game, shall we say, of this, this week, this podcast, Sheffield Wednesday, trying to correct a couple of early door mistakes. And I was thinking there's going to be a lot more changes based on how Sheffield Wednesday were going to set themselves up against what we played against in the Cardiff game because we were bombarding that Cardiff team. It was just wasn't going in. Uh, the fact that there wasn't many changes, we slightly tweaked our formation to a 4-1-4-1 against Sheffield Wednesday, um, which I think may have like created the earlier chances and early goals. But the thing that I think massively swayed that game, and we've got to get the elephant out of the room, 
was that statement by the chairman from Sheffield Wednesday. Are you are you two aware of what happened in that statement? No, no, no. Cabby, did did you see the no. uh, statement from the uh, the owner of Sheffield Wednesday? Oh, oh that the Sheffield Wednesday wasn't it something regarding about protesting without causing any damage or something like that? Because last mm. few games have been hoying loads of tennis balls on the pitch, disrupting the game. Yeah, that's that's yes, it was a little bit of that. It was a little bit of that. So long and short of it, he's saying he's getting threats, his family's getting threats, and the protests are causing um issues with 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 that. The the fans are not giving them enough money, that's why the ticket prices are so high, and um they can reduce like it, basically he's rooting all the problems to the fans rather than his leadership and his ownership. Which... Oh yes, I did hear about that. Yeah, I did hear about that. Apparently, he's not putting any more money into the club. He's not going to put a single more. Pe he's not going to put a single penny into that club. And this this was released about seven hours before the game. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, B bad move. Let's put it that way. So, yeah. I, I I don't know if that had a massive impact on the morale of the players going into the game. Maybe. But I think we just went out and just went. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. Let's just attack at them. And you could see from like the the opening goal that the corner conceded was was daft. But the the delivery we scored directly from a uh, from a corner. When was the last time you can remember that happening? Like I I I, I genuinely can't off the top of my memory recall when we no. scored directly from a free kick effort from well, a corner. Last night was a goal by Dan Ballard. Really good goal. Really good. Yeah, agreed. Um, Tabby, can you remember another goal from a directly from a free kick? The only one that comes to mind was um, Ahmad Diallo's. Was, yeah, was, was, that, was that direct from the free kick or was it like two two free balls around the edge of the box and then no, in? It, it, no, it was, just, it was straight from a free kick. It was just a clean shot. Yeah. Was it stadium light? Um, we just rifled it. A free not that from a corner, not a free kick. Sorry. Oh, from a from a corner. Um, Did I see a set piece. Oh. Did I see a set piece? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Sorry. Um, I think we've scored a fair few good quality free kicks in our time, though. Oh, it, it hasn't been that long ago we have scored from a corner. I, I, know, who. I think we we had. 29 games before we set, scored from a set piece last season uh, from a uh, from a corner set piece and I think that was against Hull maybe um what's up in the 4-4 draw no it was in the in the one in December oh down at their stadium yeah it was one goal before Embleton went off injured for the rest of the yeah. season was it em was it Embleton yeah it was Embleton wasn't it that went off injured yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you got to make call as well I remember that yeah yeah, uh, uh, Jacob's in the chat saying that Cardiff are now on the same points as us. They've had some good results, including Leeds away. So, uh, yeah, Cardiff are in the playoff zone now. Uh, we're still above them, but yeah, terrible, terrible result. If you're looking at it on the uh, on the end of the day, like we should be beating that Cardiff team really nine times out of ten. But yeah, we're talking about we're talking we're talking about the. Um, the Sheffield Wednesday game now. So they had that horrible, weird ownership statement come out. Then 
the heads dropped. We score a goal directly from a, a set piece in the first couple of minutes. Then I don't even know how to describe it. It was like first or with his delivery to Clark, and then Clark's just freedom to bur- like t- to dart into the box, like the thing he likes to do the most, ends up in our second goal. I, I kind of so. Um, Jacob's asking, what did you think of Burstow last night? I think he's unsung a little bit. I thought he had a really good game. He just didn't put the ball in the back of the net. What was Birmingham who um, tripped it off at the clock? Mm-mm. Nope. It was Burstow. It was Burstow. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really good ball. But like, you expect the striker to be further up the pitch, right? That's Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cabby? Thoughts on Burstow? Um, I thought it was his, uh, his his best game for us. To be honest with you, I mean, yeah, I know he didn't score, but he's uh, he's off the ball movement and stuff was 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 quality. Um, he was causing Sheffield Wednesday a lot of problems throughout the night, um, mm-hmm. including the uh, the penalty leading up to the penalty. So mm-hmm. yeah, <clears throat> and yeah. you can only get more confidence as the as the season goes on. That's all I was just about to say as well. I was going to mention that as well from the penalty um, shout up we had. Um, but moving by Burstow in the box, uh, obviously be brought down to bring a penalty because it was a good pass by, I think it was Patrick Roberts who brought him in, I think it was. Yeah, it was a cut through, it was a very like through the middle cut, direct, like knife through butter kind of pass into the box and then the defender just drags him down. Anybody who's trying to claim, oh, he's diving or it's a soft penalty to give away is just not really looking at it. Like, use your eyes. You can see that the, the defender's panicking and just <laughs> yanks at Burstow's Burstow's shirt for Sullensford. Diaby, that was it. He should have been sent off at some point as well. Um, the amount of the amount of fouls he was committing in the second half. He kicked. He needs somebody in the head. Was um, Burstow in the head as well? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like that's fine because he's on a yellow card. Come on, the ref- the referee. I think was just feeling a bit sorry for them to be honest, but. Uh, yeah, I think we felt a little bit sorry for them after going 3-0 up uh, before half-time as well, because second half, I'll go into my thoughts about the second half, but what are yours? I thought we had more possession second half. To be honest, I thought we moved the ball around quite well. And um, had a few open shots, what we could have scored, but obviously they didn't take their chances like we did at Cardiff, so fair play to us at the end of the day for getting that result down at um, Hillsborough. So... Yeah. Okay. Cabby. Yeah, Cabby. What what were your thoughts on the second half in that uh, Chef Wed game? Um, we could have had a game of chess and not even missed out. To be honest with you, I think it. It was, it was just done and dusted, wasn't it? The first half, and yes, I know a lot of people saying, let's do our goal difference. The world are good, but having fit players and energy is more. It's just can be just as more important than. Than, than goal difference and stuff. It was they they, they weren't going to score in a month of Sundays, um, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I wasn't at all panicking at all, and I just thought, yeah, see the game out. You know, we've got a bit of a break now till Wednesday. Uh, why risk any fatigue or injuries? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I thought it was just nothing wrong with it at all. I was expecting this to be honest with you. Yeah, I was surprised that we didn't make any changes at halftime to uh, do that prevention of injuries. But we did make a couple of subs in the second half. Um, ooh, what do you make of them? You've had uh, Rig 
uh, Rig, Rusian, uh, Oshish, and Barkamon in the second half, I believe. I, I, if I'm missing anybody out, I'll have to pull up the stats, but... Oh, you got them totally correct. Perfect. Well, this is the first time for everything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I I genuinely thought our entire team's second half performance was second gear at best. We we didn't want to exert too much energy, and I get it because that like we had a very short gap between our previous game and this one, the Cardiff and, and this game. So I I completely understand that, but it's more, what do we do? Do we like like Cabby just said, do we do we try and like completely battle them to get more goal difference, or do we just take the three points and see where that lands us? Because uh, if like so, if you're watching this live right now, welcome along Acacia and Pong, Pongo. Welcome along. The goal difference for Sunderland, we are the be we have the best goal difference in the league right now. I know that's not points, that's not wins, it's nothing like that, but we do literally have the best goal difference. Plus ten, we're the only team in double digits. That's that's got to be said for something. We didn't really need to keep attacking and, and getting higher and higher because we're already the best at that, right? You think that was something Mowbray would have discussed? <laughs> Gabby, I'll let you do, let you go on that one. Second half, halftime team talk. Do you think Mowbray would have said? Reserve your time, reserve your energy. Like, try and get another goal if you want to, but uh, don't don't exert yourself. I think a bit of both, and I think a lot of common sense with the um, players would have just um, realised themselves. Like, <clears throat> let's just take it easy, lads. We've done the hard work first off. We've got this one. Um, I don't think they, they took the foot off the gas one hundred percent completely. You know, they were still sort of alert in the box in, in the back because they stopped Sheffield Wednesday from scoring. I think it was the case of more going forward and, and pressing what they sort of slacked off a bit on. Um, but as a defender, I still think they're very much switched on at the back. Oh, yeah, massively. Like Our defenders in that game, unreal, really. 0-9 and Ballard, standout performances. Like, if you're keeping clean sheets, that's our third clean sheet. So basically one in every three games so far has been it's been the clean sheet. Um, I'm pretty impressed with, with how that's that's lining out. I still don't... I'm still not 100% on Luke O'Nine being a fixed centre-back going forward, but it's working, and why change it while it's while it's still fully functional? Do you agree with that, Brad? Brad? Yeah, you're not um, on mute anymore now. <laughs> what were you saying there, I'm sorry? So, the... Oh, you've, that mute thing's completely from my mind now. I had a good question as well. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, the the defenders being in being like as they are, keeping free clean sheets. Do you think that's something we need to like keep going with, or can we can we start tinkering with it soon? Or what what are we waiting for before we bring in the likes of Sealt or Triantus to replace them? Well the, thing, well, the thing is, if obviously it's working, you would keep on going with it, wouldn't you? It's obvious you would keep on going with it. You wouldn't think mm -hmm. bring in another central defender. Um, you agree or? I kind of, I kind of feel sorry for Seal and Triantis in that they were brought in for being tall centre backs, 
we've had Equa get injured, and let's face it, Luke or Nine will play anywhere, right? So you can push him further yeah. up if you still want to keep him in the starting lineup and put one of those two to try and break out. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Cabby? Cabby? Hey. Hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> what do you think of the back line? Would you change anything, or would you? What do you think more Bracewater are on the back line right now? Well, I mean, I think to be honest with you, I think as long as Dan Ballard's fit, will look quite solid because, mm -hmm. like I say, I think he's, I think he's a leader, especially at the back. Um, the last few games he's been absolutely immense. He really, really has, and uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't change anything at the back. To be quite honest with you, it's mm -hmm. uh, it seems to be gelling and working well. Um, I know the Cardiff game, but it was just a case of like um, we've been on, we've pressured them for that much of the game. It was just a, a minute of switching off, and it was that sort of end of the game we'll get a point sort of sort of thing. You know what I mean? And it always seems to happen, doesn't it? When there's like just a minute or so left, teams switch off, think, and that's it, and it isn't. But um, no, yeah. I, get bring bring the changes. I think if anything happens to Ballard. Then I would start bringing some changes in, but at the moment we're quite, we're quite solid. Yeah, so you're pretty much on the mindset of keep it as it is until an injury kind of forces it or fatigue. Yeah, yeah, I would say so, definitely. Cool. Uh, to the other end of the pitch, and I'm going to bring up Jim's comment here. Mowbray said, being greedy, um, he would have liked to see more goals in post-match statements. So... The thing that that, that that statement brings me on to, Jim, by the way, welcome along, is how are we going to um, bring these strikers into the fold? Because we have 18 goals in this league in nine games. That's one in every two, uh, two goals a game. Um, <laughs> insane. Um, how are we going to get the strikers contributing towards that? Because at the minute, it, we're kind of self-sufficient with all of our midfielders. You've got... Uh, Bellingham, uh, Clark, Roberts, Pritchard, Ballard, Dak. Like we've got goals coming around the around the around the pitch, but not not Ruchin, not um, Burstow, and not uh, Hamia yet. How do we get those free scoring goals? That's their job. Go on, Brad. How do we get the strikers in the fold? Really hard, really hard to say that question to be honest. But um, if you're obviously starting Mason Burstow, wouldn't you start someone up against him as well? Wouldn't you play two up front? Like play one maybe mm -hmm. as a striker alongside him? Wouldn't you play a Russian or wouldn't you play a Samedo alongside him? For me, it would be for me, it would be Burstow and Russian, Russian, whatever you want to call it. So change it from the, the one up front to, to a dual partnership again. Yeah, dual partnership, I think the two up top will work more better. And I think we'll get more goals if it works that way. To be mm. honest, I think we'll get more goals. Yeah, but like I said, we've got goals from around the pitch now and Ballard contributing in that as well. I think... Yeah, well, look as well, yeah, you've got the goals around the pitch. Obviously, you've got Jack Clark, Patrick Roberts on the wings who can get a goal or two per game. Yeah. Every couple of games. Um, and you've got, obviously, Job, who scored a couple of goals this season. Yeah. Oh, Ballard has actually scored a couple of goals this season. So you've got a lot of like players around the pitch, what you've said, who can actually pin in the goals. So yeah. Yeah. 
There's a lot of messages pop through, and I can see Cabby's one of them. So, Cabby, get yourself off mute for a second. Uh, Kirsch is saying, uh, honestly, that game at Chef, Chef Wed last night was amazing. I was there. Obviously, Kirsch is kind of a kind of a Blades and a Sunderland fan at the same time. So, Sunderland beating uh, Sheffield rivals is is just funny. The striker issue, Cabby. Who do you fit? How do we get those guys involved? I've got a very easy answer. To get them and welcome along ranks from Chicago. But yeah, Cabby. Hello. Hello. How do we get the strikers um, on the score sheet for us? How how do we change our game plan? Well, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I don't think we really have that much of a problem scoring on goals. I mean, look how many goals we've scored in the mm -hmm. last few games. But, um, I think it's. It's working just fine. Just need little tweaks. Like I keep, I brought up a few times the likes of Jack Clark and Robertson Courts. Like if that isn't working, just pass the ball a little bit more. Um, maybe bring the likes of the oil rig in a bit, a bit earlier. Give him a bit more mm -hmm. game time. Obviously, we've got Russian now, um, coming in. Yeah. But I wouldn't honestly change that much. Like I say, I mean, when was the last time in this position we've scored? A lot more goals than we've let in, which the table doesn't lie. The, the, the stats don't lie. So it is obviously working. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't really leave that, um, change that much, to be honest. I think we're doing fine as well as the back. We're doing just as good up front. Yeah, I, I've said I've said this a couple of times. I think Leicester will uh, absolutely warp this league. They're, they're, they're not they're missing. Like, they'll do what Burnley did, won't they? They'll, they'll do what yeah. the Burnley did uh, the, the, the last season. Yeah, but I, th I think we're the new Sheffield United of this season. We are the team that's up and coming. We're on the ascendancy. Teams are finding it difficult. Like We will get beaten. We can't win every single game, but we haven't had a single poor performance so far. So we've had poor, poor results, but not a poor performance, whereas every other team has had terrible, terrible performances and some good results um, to back them up. Case in point. Well, if we could fast forward to the end of the season now, and we were in the playoffs, the teams around us that would be playing the playoffs, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be scared of any of them. Uh, Preston would be uh, my biggest fear of the those um, three other teams right now. But yeah, um, shall I give you my answer? By the way, for the how we get the strikers involved, which again I yeah. don't know why we did. So Burstow goes down for the penalty, and Clark takes it. Clark's obviously on fire. He's the, the club's top scorer. He would have remained top scorer this weekend with six. But obviously, he's now on seven. But winning a penalty, you take it if you feel fit for it. I know we've got the Clark's got to keep taking the penalties until he misses one. But I kind of feel like if you've earned it, you get it. You were, you were about to have the shot. You were about to provide another goal for us or an assist. You should get that penalty. And that gets him on the score sheet. That gets his confidence going. He's scoring for someone now. Doesn't matter how he gets that ball in the back of the net; it's on his tally. So yeah. that was the, that's the easiest way. If, if if we can get our if we get penalties, very rare someone get penalties. Bear in mind, give them to the strikers. Like that's they this season. So yeah, exactly. And both of them have been converted by Clark. So like I, I can't I can't knock it because obviously he's scoring them. But if we want to boost the confidence of those strikers. But also to, to the other to the other side of that, actually, I'm just like caveating myself here. What happens if you give it to them and they completely duff it? 
Would that break their spirit completely and we just not play them for the rest of the season at that point? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Jim says, think Tony Mowbray is persisting with Burstow as he has a lot of potential and will add Rushen when he thinks he's ready. I think the only reason Rushen's not starting is his language barrier, right? He's playing 20 minutes. We're giving them a good like prep into the game and saying this is your game plan for 20 minutes and just let them go at it for that 20 minutes where he doesn't need to adjust. You could. I thought kind of... he was all right. He came on yesterday, to be honest. Well, he was all right. He was half decent. Welcome along, Brad. How you doing? No, Brad. Paul. Brad. Paul. <laughs> I just, I just saw your move, your, your icon move, and Paul's been replaced. Even Paul. Alright. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Welcome along. Uh, Ranks asks a question here. True question. Do we need to get the strikers scoring? Burstow helped create each goal yesterday without actually scoring themselves. If they score, great. If not, they contribute opening up space. So, mm, this is this is kind of like getting the um, getting the CEO to answer the phones at a business. Like, yeah, they can do the job. They know exactly what needs to be done, but the resource could be better distributed if it's given to the person who's supposed to be doing that function, that role. So, yeah, I, I, like I said, the more goals we're scoring, the absolute better. It doesn't matter how it goes in the back of the net for us. But for the structure of the club, right, it makes sense to get the people who are supposed to be scoring goals, scoring goals. What's your What's your thoughts on that? Go, go, with Paul, because he's just joined. What are your thoughts on getting strikers scoring for us, mate? Well, in a way, they need to, you know, in, in a way, they need to, um, you know, it'd be just actually what they're doing, uh, yeah, actually in training, actually. Yeah, because, yeah, Mobis keep coming out and saying, you know, that Burstow's actually hitting the ball, yeah, right, mm-hmm. but in training, but. Being just not sure what the others are doing. Yeah. Um, I think training's a different kettle of fish completely, though, right? You can absolutely slap every single ball in the back of the net in training, but when it comes to the actual game time, you're not performing. A a good example of somebody who was really, really shit hot in in training but never actually scored was Josie Alderdor. He was amazing in training for us back in the day, but never delivered on the pitch. Mm. So I don't like we use. I'm using all references here, but like training for me is training. It's not the actual real deal. Yeah, I agree with that. Do, do you not think? Well, I was actually speaking to Lee actually on it, and I said to Lee, "Do you not think Morbury needs to try out?" I don't know, but like, see, like the other strikers. I know we're playing Burstow a lot, but mm-hmm. yeah, do you, do you not think we need to give, I don't know, but see, like Russian some time? You know, I, I know he's just come in, but there must be a reason why Morbury's actually playing Burstow a lot. Uh, I think it's because he prefers him and he's got a positive attitude. It, it could be as simple as that. I think with Russian and all, I think it all comes down with language barrier, as what Ams just said before, like, literally, like, was it two or three minutes ago? Yeah, some, so, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the thing is on that, we've actually got a player that speaks his language, uh, actually, in the club. 
Was that? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it is. But uh, it's a, it's, a, um... it's an under 21s uh, kid. He's Ukrainian. Um, he, he's, he's, he, they speak the same language. So they're using him as his translator. It's very strange. Very strange. But there is a person oh, in place. I know this. I think it's Timo of Turretov. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's him. Timu, 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 Timo. Timu, Timo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Keisha says, um, I definitely think Mowbray needs to start sealed more this season since he came in second half um, and next to Triantis as well to get a game. Otherwise, why did we get him in the first place? It, it, it's that catch-22. You don't want to... We, we are so good defensively right now. Yeah, we have a couple of blips. Every team will have blips. Um, look, look at Man City. They're the best team in the country, possibly even like the club best club in the world, and they still concede goals. Like you're never going to get 100 percent squeaky clean defense, regardless of who you are. So, un- and I'm, not being, and I'm not sounding silly here, but I think we're acting like you know, like Sheffield United did last season. Like, I think. What do you mean? Like. You know how Sheffield United keep on like winning games and they lost got all one or two and started winning games again, like that. Yeah, so we're basically on form to be the second best team in the league. Yeah, so we're playing like Sheffield United did last season. I'm all right with that. I mean, second still automatic, so I'll be I'll be tough with that. Um, yeah. My goal for this season for this club was basically finish on match or a, uh, better what we did last season. Because otherwise, that's not a sign of progress. I think we're already two points ahead of where we're at. If we beat Watford, we'll be five points ahead. So we could even lose this game and be better off um, than we were last season. Tell you what, speaking of Watford, I was keeping a well eye actually on that game this afternoon. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. Well, we're about half an hour into this uh, podcast now, so we can talk about the week ahead. Then Um, we've also got. Sorry. Got two games next week. We've got the Watford game and the Middlesbrough game. Yeah. So, the Watford game, I was a little bit pessimistic going into it about, but the fact that they've just conceded three goals against Middlesbrough, who, let's face it, have been poor this season. They've lost to... Uh, yeah, I get Michael Carrick is a really good tactician, but the club, um, Middlesbrough, the Smoggies are just... They're not firing on all cylinders right now. And the fact that they've conceded free against them shows me if we go with our current game plan, we should be absolutely fine against this Watford team. I don't want to be cocky. I don't want to jinx it because, like I said, we could play like we did against Cardiff and, and slip it to a 1-0, but there's no reason we can't beat this Watford team. Um, I'll let Cabby, Cab- do you want to jump in there? What do you think to the week ahead against Cardiff, first, uh, Cardiff against Watford first and foremost? Nothing to be afraid of Watford. I mean, <clears throat> they're not the side they were when they they first got relegated. Mm-hmm. They they had a decent side, and uh, you know we got two draws, didn't we? Oh, I'm on away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're both the same scoreline as well. If I think two two. Um, mm-hmm. but there's nothing to be afraid of of Watford at all. Um, without a shadow of a doubt. As a matter of fact, I think it's not just our form, but I think how good our squad is and the team has actually overtook Watford by quite some margin. I think we're, we'll, we'll do a good job on them if we keep... There's no reason why we can't put it that way. I mean, Middlesbrough yeah. done them on their home ground. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
I am. I'm quite optimistic about with that game. It's on Wednesday, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's a Wednesday evening game. I'm not sure if it's on TV or not, but I think SAFC it's will get it covered. Red button. It's on the red button, so it will be covered by Sky Sports. I just, but... I just want us to like sort of bury the hatchet again with like our home performances, and that I, I would need to start. I know it's not too bad at the minute, but our performances seem to be standing out still when we're away <laughs> from home. Um, I would like us to start getting some regular points on the board. In our home games as well, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and a lot of people saying like, you know, it's quite hostile the stadium of light at the minute. It's really quiet, you know, and I think the fans sort of sometimes can feed onto the team and give the team a lot of pressure. I think that's one of the reasons as well why we're maybe not as good at home. But I think if we can start off early like we did against Southampton, then the stadium of light will erupt and the noise will build, and I think Sunderland will feed from there. But it, the longer it goes nil-nil, the more quiet and nervy the stadium like, gets, and I think that's what's against the team at the moment. Ooh, that's a really good point. I'm trying to think of how to retort to that, but we do seem to perform and get better results if we are scoring in the first half. Um, it's kind of obvious to do that, but... Yeah, I, really, really, really good point. Um, Paul, I can see Brad's uh, gone off to set up his podcast, probably now, and get his tea. Um, what are your thoughts on the the game ahead against Watford? And I'll catch up on chat straight after your point as well. To be honest, yeah, I'm not actually worried about Watford actually. You know, because well, fair enough, they played today, but like we played yesterday, so mm-hmm. in a way. I know they'll have a well. Watford will have. I'm just trying to think. They'll have yesterday off Monday. Mm-hmm. They'll probably be back in Tuesday, but like, yeah, Morby would have given. You know, Morby actually would have give our, our lads a couple of days off. Yeah, yeah. but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's already looked. You know, straight at uh, Watford, but for me. You know, because I actually said mm-hmm. to a friend of mine actually before yet the game yesterday, because he, he said to me, "What do you think the team would be?" And I said to him, "I would only make one change," and actually that was the change of Roberts. And you know, after the game, I messaged yeah. him and I said, I, "I actually got that spot on." And for me, for Wednesday, I don't think more we will change it. I think he can though if he wants to start like bringing in some of the academy players because they are on fire as well. They've got loads of banks of options to to feed through into the first team. Just yeah, was it our under twenty ones against West Ham's under twenty ones? And we we go two 0 behind and end up winning three two in that. Just shows that there's just that gut and determination at all levels in our club to to fight for everything. So it's kind of. I don't know. If he wants to make some um, changes, he can. If he wants to rest some players, he can. That's a really nice luxury to have now. We've never really had that for a long, long time. So... It will be interesting what he does. Uh, because, well, fair enough, Wednesday's on the red button. Mm-hmm. But actually, Saturday's game's actually live on Sky. So... Yeah. It will be interesting what he does, you know, Wednesday to Saturday, what he does with the squad. You know, will he yeah. change things up on Wednesday or 
you know, will he rest some players, keeping them for Middlesbrough? Good, good point. Good point. Um, and Acacia's correct me. It was Villa under twenty threes as well. By the way, <laughs> there's look like uh, there's a lot of lot of potential options. Ranks brings up. So this is me catching up on the chat, but also kind of tying that in. He says. Um, we don't want to wind up like we did at the end of last, last season. If we had two more defenders last season, I genuinely think we would have gone up. And it's we've already started to get like an injury-prone list, but we've got two players in every single position. It's when those two players get injured. So at the minute, Dak's a pre prime example of that. Dak, I think, is a really good player, can kick on for us. Yeah, he's only here for a season so far. That might extend, but we've got Pritchard to replace him. And it's the same for the likes of... I wouldn't say that we've got a direct replacement for Clark because I don't think anybody could, but Abdullah Barr getting injured, you've got Roberts in the, in the wings waiting for him, or vice versa. There's just... Every single position seems to have a backup. The one exception of that is uh, CDM. We've got Neil and Equar, who are our preferred CDMs, and if... At the minute, Equar's injured with a short-term injury, but... If Neil goes off as well, we we have to completely change our formation and our play style because that holding defensive midfield is no longer there to support our our, our attack. We might push further up the field, although maybe, like I said, push Lugo nine into that CDM position and pop one of those um by trade centre backs in that position. So yeah. in a way, I, I'm pleased what um I'm happy actually with what more we actually said about Equa actually. Mm -hmm. Because I, I know Ekra wasn't available yesterday, but Mowbray said um, if Ekra is actually okay, yeah, because um, I think he's going to check on him on Monday. Uh, but okay. Mowbray said actually if he's all right, Mowbray said he actually he might, depending on how he is, he could be available for Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. I'd rather have him be one hundred percent fit than about seventy percent fit and coming back in and and risking that injury though. So yeah, I, I what, yeah I really I really like him. I, I, yeah, I, re I just really I just think it's a smarter move for us. We've got the luxury of having a um, replacement. Keep them until they're hundred percent. That's my uh, that's my thought on that. So Steve O said he's lurking. Welcome along. Niall has popped in and says hi man for me. Hi Anth mate. <laughs> Do you reckon we'll get Ahmad back possibly in January? Ooh, see, I think Ahmad wants them back. We want them back, but we can't afford the Manchester United wages for him. So there's got to be some compromise there. But also, if we do get the likes of Ahmed back on loan, we could get him, we can get a loan here at any point, by the way. It has to be an emergency. It has to be classed as an emergency loan. So if you have two injuries or a position that's completely out of whack and we've got no replacement options, we can get a player in. Um, I'd love to see him back in the, at the club, but right now, we don't need him. We genuinely don't need him. Um, but, oh yeah, there, there's a point. The, the only time we would need them, he says, I'm afraid of losing Clark in January. That could be the real road for our entire season. But if we sell Clark, we could get the market value for Ahmad. And I think if we offer Ahmad and Manchester United, a they literally, the swap for that salary, whatever we get for Jack Clark's salary with the fees and stuff like that, we will directly swap with Ahmed Diallo and get him game time. That's an option. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's, there's just, there's just a lot happening at the club and it's all positive, essentially. 
the point around the strikers as well them not firing on and not providing the goals yet for me would have been a concern if we weren't so high in the league and getting results the fact that we're doing both those things allows us to then have another level to step up to we are we know as a club we can perform better once everybody's firing all cylinders could you imagine like the defenders coming up against bellingham clark roberts equar basically our entire midfield and then also the our strikers firing at them as well just goals popping in left right and center we're gonna as soon as everybody's on fire we're gonna we're gonna have a really good season um to be honest uh, that, mm-hmm. that's why I, in a way that's why i'm actually looking forward to the Birmingham game yeah because can you can you imagine ben, joe, uh, joe Bellingham, uh yeah put a pain against his former team mm-hmm. and because uh, well i know acacia acacia was actually at the game yeah. Yesterday, and Acacia told me apparently that Jack Clark um, actually got abuse uh, of the uh, Chef Red supporters yesterday. Oh, he'll brush that off, no problem, mate. Like, he doesn't care. He scored two goals. <laughs> That's him sticking his both his middle fingers about them. There's one for that goal and one for that goal. Who cares what you think? Um, but you said about Job there playing against Birmingham. Uh, Jim pops in the chat. Job is getting better at that CDM role. Do you think that could be his position going forward, or do you think that would be a waste of his um, his natural skill set? Cabby, I'll let you answer that one. Do you think Job Bellingham should be CDM, or do you think he should be played at his natural position, which is calm, I think? Their natural position, to be honest with you, yeah, it's... Like I said, if one doesn't work, then you're versatile and play the other one, then, you know, play yeah. them there. Um, you know, um, there's, there's, there's a good player in there. Absolutely. He's very, very young. And to just keep playing him in the position he's at. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like I said, we're lucky he can play in both. Um, and yeah, there's nothing, no wrong, nothing with the way he's playing at the moment. I don't think there's anything to worry about. Perfect. I'm just laughing at your comment, mate. I'm not going to read it out because uh, I don't do that on this channel. <laughs> no, but, no, no, that, that, that's fine. I'm just giving you a bit of support. Thank you very much. That's what um, everybody with the uh, blue spanner is is there for, to help me, uh, help us grow the community, innit? Um, there you go. Oh, Acacia's, Acacia's comments just got me a little bit angry there. Not, not what Acacia's saying, but I've got to bring it up again. We're talking about such positive things, and then this one's just caught my eye. The Sheffield Wednesday fans with the phone. If if I just say it like that, would would you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're on about because I, I actually I actually sent you the photograph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cabby, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I've known for about an hour and a bit now. Yeah. Yeah. So for those that are listening back and, and and what have you, basically two Sheffield Wednesday fans um held up a phone with the picture of Bradley Lowry um and trying to use it as like a weapon to mock our fans and our players. Uh they're just getting lynched online. But that kind of there's banter at football, and I get it. Like the who who are you kind of 
back and forth with clubs. That always happens. That for me is absolutely running the mill fine. But when I you think start that's to important in football, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that, but when you take it to the level of the death of a child from cancer, and you're laughing at that, like what kind of deplorable human being can you be? It's it's one you of those. Think, you know, think you know. You mentioned about a weapon. Like, like against mm-hmm. the Sunderland fans. The daftest thing is what they don't realise is they've actually used the the the, the weapon on themselves because it's it's, mm. it's all all that's going to do is just backfire hugely. It has not just not just unfortunately for Sheffield Wednesday Football Club, but them two them two lads as well and the fans. So I, I, they might as well have just sent a Scud missile and it's just turned around and it's just um coming straight straight away and just hit them straight all back. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. It's it's embarrassing, and I think it's it's not uncommon though. Um, it's as if Sheffield Wednesday is not going through enough trouble um, as as it is, you know, like depressing times, and the last thing they need is that because it's a minority again, isn't it? That yeah. um, makes makes the club look yeah. bad. As it always bloody is. But there's some kind of ironic things around that as well. Obviously the the rest of the Sheffield Wednesday fans are completely disowning them, but they were in your stand wearing your shirts, representing your club. Like we have had crap fans in the past and we've disowned them as well. Like we're not completely um, unscathed in that, in that regard, but one individual does not make the entire fan base up. I think it's how the rest of the fan base react to them. them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But like, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's two idiots. Like that's not the entire Sheffield Wednesday fan base. Um, Rank says on a night they were honouring the death of one of their own supporters as well. Like they were honouring the death of um, the Sheffield Sheffield United uh, female player who died at the age of twenty seven uh, as well. At the, was it at the nineteenth minute or was it just before the game? I can't can't remember. But there were. I think it was, it was before the game. It was uh, before the game. Yeah, yeah. So like, death was clearly on people's minds and maybe they were thinking oh the views that there we can have a bit of banter around it but that's not banter that's just being vile um and they've kind yeah, of what i like about that law chef wes actually made a list chef wes actually made a statement saying they're aware on yeah that they've actually told that's the auction place but i was looking to see what um Gemma replied with you know um bradley's mom mm-hmm um, she put a statement on Facebook. Okay. Uh, well, the Brad Lowry Foundation put a statement out, and they said, um, well, two hours ago they put today has not been the Saturday I was expecting. After receiving multiple calls and messages regarding a photo circling on social media, I have received a visit from the Durham Police to okay. check that I am okay. And they have notified myself and Carl that Yorkshire Police are now dealing with this situation and taking it very serious. Understandably, people are angry. If I wasn't so upset, I'd be angry too. Bradley was and still is well loved in the football community, which I am uh, gently grateful. Uh, but I must ask that everyone. Uh, let's the police do their job and deal mm. with their low lives. I want to thank Sheffield Wednesday yeah. uh, for their quick condemnation 
and the support their fans have shown. Life will, uh, like we always say, cancer has no colours, and as we all know, it can affect anyone at any time. That's really nice. I know it's like a horrible situation to go through, but the fact that she's so level-headed and calm about it. The fact that she's been through that with Bradley. Yeah. Um, she's obviously a very, very strong woman, and and I and I do believe that um, she'll be rising above it and say like, look, I've gone through this with my son for all this time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean. The the least thing that I'm gonna be bothered about is two just wasters like that. Do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, yeah. I I think she's a, she's obviously a strong enough uh, strong enough family to um. Yeah. To, to to rise above that and not take it personal because how can you take something personal from two complete imbeciles like that? You just can't, can you? You could, it depends, but you could, I think, yeah, like you said, she's a strong woman and, um, yeah, it's one of those things that you've got to deal with occasionally if, you, if you've been put, shoved into public light. Um, there will be cretins that try to attack you for everything and anything. Um, you could save somebody's life and someone would complain and take the mick out of it and be nasty about it, as you mm-hmm. said. There's just always that small little virus amongst millions that'll cause bother. So I think there's, there has been a couple of positives out of the back of this, and that's what I want to move on to because we want to end it on a positive note. So Sheffield Wednesday and their fans have started to raise funds towards the Bradley Lowry Foundation as well. So these two fans have had the absolute negative effect of just putting their club in disrepute, but the rest of the fans have then picked up and just went, yeah, no, that's that, that's not us. Let's show support. So that, for me, is is a good sign. There's been more funds raised for the foundation, which is, um, yeah, it, that's the positive out of it. And, um, yeah, we, we can't tar the entire Sheffield Wednesday brush with that. Everybody's just condemning it and that's what we should be doing if a son of fan does it we should condemn them as well they, they... well we would wouldn't we I mean yeah. I would, we, we would treat if, if it was one of our son and fans we'd treat them exactly the same way as what we treat the Sheffield Wednesday fans and it's a, they're, they're, same with the players fans, as well they? though mate it's the same with the players as well we, we we've had we've had stick in the past haven't we a little bit around the whole Adam Johnson situation but as soon as like things come to light like that, we just disown them. They're not ours anymore. They're not. They've, they might have had a good intention to represent the club in a nice way, but then they've just been deplorable humans, and we don't want that in our in our game. So, um, yeah, <laughs> you can. You're not you. You always you could always be a fan of a sport a game, but. You're not part of the community anymore. As soon as you do something that vile, I think that's. Are they still fans of Sheffield Wednesday? Do you think? I wouldn't even say the fans. I don't know no, who they are or what that. the purpose is. Mm. They're just doing it for attention. I have no idea. Yeah. Oh. I've seen. There's a picture of. I've seen his profile on Facebook and. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, his his girlfriend or wife, whatever she's, you know, she's a stunning looking lass, like, but goodness knows what she's bloody thinking now. 
Oh, he probably just didn't even imagine. know it was out there until it was like out there, out there. I can imagine he, his inbox will be getting just swamped with with hate messages now, which I'm not saying that's right. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, that's going to happen, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Acacia is apologising to to people in the chat for bringing this up, but I think it's one of those things you need to bring up because if you don't bring it up and you don't discuss it, you'll keep getting it and it, people will think it's acceptable to do that. So it might make people angry and rightly so it should make people angry, but cut it out. Get it, get it, get it out of the game. Get it out of society. And it's, <laughs> it's more than a game thing that, like, how can you, yeah. Thank you for bringing it up. It was well worth a good, good, good chat around Acacia. Um, but yeah, those two are not fans. Just at the end of the game, exactly, Jim. Thank you. So yeah, uh, <laughs> we have I've time to banner now. <laughs> yeah, we we have a couple of minutes left, so I want to quickly go over our predictions for the Watford game as well. So, um, let's end it on a positive. I think we've already kind of comfortably said we should be beating Watford or. Um, they're there for the taking at the very least. So, Cabby, what's your prediction for the Watford game? Bear in mind they're twentieth. We're fourth. Um, <laughs> we're struggling at home, don't we? And the fans get hostile. I'm going to go two 0 Watford. You've said this, and every single time you've said we've been defeated, uh, we're going to get beaten. We've won, and vice versa. So I'm going to take that as positive. Ranks is going for two one to the lads. What are you saying, Paul? Well, to be honest, uh, I actually wasn't watching that game. I was watching Soccer Saturday. Watch the highlights tonight on YouTube. I'm sure it'll be up there. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when I was seeing that score, I was like, hmm, they're, they're coming to us on Wednesday. So, sorry if, if any Watford fans are listening. <laughs> uh well, Moby actually wants to keep uh, a winning run. He wants to keep it going this week. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. <laughs> You've not got it on, on cue. Come on. you are not thought about it yet. Marino Sunderland. Marino Sunderland. Okay. Another oh, but Oh, could we do back-to-backs again? Do back-to-back three ones. Let's do back-to-back three nulls. That'd be nice. Uh, Acacia saying a 3-2 win for the lads on Wednesday evening. I'm going to be slightly respectful of Watford here, and I'm going to say a 1-1 draw. I think our home form needs to be rectified. I'm not sure if we can do it on midweek games. Yeah, weekend games, I think we should be winning every single home stadium-like game. So weekday, hit and miss. So I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Um, Obviously hope we win, but yeah, let's be... Balanced, I guess. Um, ooh, rank says a goal scorer. So if you said you said three um, one, who's scoring the goals? I said three nil. Three nil. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, three nil. Uh, I'm gonna say first will get his first goal at the Stadium of Light. Yeah. I'm gonna say Jack Clark. Of course. And if he starts, I'm going to say Patrick Roberts. Okay. 
I think if we're going to score the one goal, I think it's going to be Rusin in the very late in the game. Um, Jacob saying two one Sunderland against Watford. That'd be nice. Um, Jack Clark penalty again for <laughs> for Acacia. Um, can't see Mask to get his first goal and or Mason to get his first goal and Paddy Roberts. Cabby, I don't think you said a Sunderland goal, did you? You said two nil Watford. I did. I did. I said 2-0 Watford. Rather than name Watford players off the top of your head, what do you think is going to cause those two goals to go in? As I said before on my point, um, I don't know what it is about home. Well, I, I do. I should say. <laughs> um, I just think the longer it stays 0-0, the fans will start will get a bit sort of, not so much hostile, but they'll go quiet. The atmosphere will go tense. Um, and I think away teams absolutely thrive on that. And I think, yeah. you know, the likes of Watford have got a bit more spunk in them than Cardiff have. And that's just what I'm thinking could happen. I, I kind of disagree a little bit, mate, to be honest. Um, I think. That's what the podcast all about? Exactly. We can have differing opinions and still be respectful of each other. What is that? Um, I kind of feel like Watford have stepped down twice since leaving the Premier League. Obviously, last season they finished mid-table. I think they're going to finish like low mid-table this year because they haven't recruited, they haven't like geared themselves up to go back to the Prem. Um, so I think they're there for the taking. Um, but again, I want to be respectful because they've still got some decent Premier League quality players in their roster. So we'll see how that happens. Um, in terms of uh, content that is happening on uh, each of your... Radars. Uh, Paul, what, what are you doing content-wise coming up? Uh, well, it's half past nine. Me and Brad has actually got a Sheffield Wednesday supporter actually on. Fantastic. That fan, by the way, was actually at the game last night. Very good. So it was Acacia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on Tuesday, we are doing our Watford preview. There we go. Perfect. You've got two things coming up. What about you, Cabby? Yeah, um, I'll just be doing uh, lots of short videos as well of all the classic goals apart from the Premier League. So I don't want another. Um, <laughs> you good baller though. Funny yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the funny videos. I've just put a, a an alternative commentary uh, video up against um, Sheffield Wednesday. A lot of stuff I'll be putting up, which uh, hopefully makes you chuckle and uh, like the side of. <laughs> Sorry, go for it. <laughs> you just said chuckle, so I chuckled. That's a chuckle. Chuckle Brothers. Cool. Uh, oh, so, <laughs> to, to me now, or to you? <laughs> okay, enough's enough. <laughs> enough's enough. Fair enough. Uh, coming up on my channel, I've got to do the short for the Sun and Free goals against Sheffield Wednesday. We'll do the watch along against Watford, and then we'll do this, same, not the same time next week, but on Friday next week. And we'll talk all things about what's happened over the past week. So, until then... Um, oh, yeah, but uh, Elton John's a Watford supporter. Oh. Uh, was it five, he, 500 candles or something like that? Um, is he going to be on the pitch at half-time? <laughs> possibly. Uh, let's be having you. Delia Smith style. Um, <laughs> uh Ranks finally wraps up on saying, "I can see, I can't see Watford setting up like Cardiff, um, like Cardiff were clearly doing. They will 
hit the jackpot on a set piece goal. So let's just hope we we keep our heads on on Wednesday. Catch you on the watch alongs. See you in a bit. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>